0: Welcome to The Crumb, a podcast by Bake From Scratch. I'm your host, Brian Hart Hoffman, and I'm here to talk all about baking. The people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our ovens. Baking wouldn't be as fun or sweet without the key ingredient, sugar. Today's guest is someone who knows everything there is to know about sugar and just how sweet it is in all of our recipes. Chef Eleonora is a research chef for our partner CNH Sugar and she's here to give us the lowdown on why we use different kinds of sugar as well as giving us a little info about what CNH Sugar is cooking up for this holiday season. Hello Eleonora and welcome back to the crumb.
1: Hi, Brian. How are you?
0: I'm great. And how are you?
1: I'm so excited to be uh, back again at the Chrome. Last time I didn't have a chance to chat with you, so I'm super excited. This time we're able to chat a little bit.
0: I know. I was so jealous that the episode you were on was recorded when I was at a baking retreat in Europe. So this time I was like, clear my calendar. If we're chatting with Eleonora, I'm going to be on the microphone. So I'm so glad this is happening. (laughs)
1: Oh, listen, but if you choose, you have me choosing to, uh, with a baking retreat, I would go to <laughs> a baking retreat in Europe, so you're forgiven.
0: Thank you, and I think you and I should plan a baking retreat that we teach together because you have so much knowledge, and I know our audience would love to learn from you, too.
1: That will be a dream come true, so let's start planning, Brian.
0: See, you and I think the same way. Let's start planning. That's always what I do. I'm planning, 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 <laughs> so since you want to, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> So today, we're going to pick up on some of the conversation topics that maybe were covered in the first uh, chat you had with us here on The Crumb, but we're going to go even deeper into the world of sugar. And I love that you are in a unique role that not many people in the world would believe is a job in the culinary space, being a research chef at a sugar company. It sounds... (laughs) sweet, haha, pun intended, and very <laughs> delicious. Um, so let's like dive into this magically sweet world of sugar and get to all of the topics and questions that maybe our audience has. And then we're also going to talk about you too, because you're a passionate baker and you have such amazing recipes. So we're going to get to all of that during the time that we're talking. Um, but let's go back to the very beginning. I like to start in childhood where most of us fall in love with Something that occurs in the kitchen, either baking or cooking or foods you just can't stop craving. And in that previous episode that you were here with us on The Crumb, you did mention that your mother was a baker. Is that where you fell in love with baking? And is that the fuel that took you into the culinary world? Or is it something totally different?
1: No, no, no. It's absolutely, um, she's my inspiration. But since I have more time with you, I'm going to bring it back a little bit my mom is a baker through association her association with my father brian i come from a family of bakers on my dad's side that it's it has over a hundred years of history in the baking in my native country of el salvador so i grew up in a house that was right next to our bakery so every smell Every sound, every uh, texture of the bread, I grew up with that. So my mom was a great inspiration, but I get, insp- I got inspiration from my father, my grandparents, and all my family back in El Salvador. On my dad's side, uh, they still own bakeries, so I, I have to say. I have it in my blood.
0: (laughs) I almost said that for you. So this is not just something you were inspired to do. This was something you were surrounded by. And just the way you talked about the aromas and being next door, I could close my eyes and I can see it in my mind. It's like a movie to me, like the magic of being in this baker's family. So I think there's, there's more to your upbringing that, you know, you were influenced without knowing it, like that passive knowledge you gain and thus now giving you this amazing talent that you have in our culinary world.
1: Thank you. And you're going to laugh about this because when I was in my teen years, you know, with teenagers, we know it all, (laughs) (laughs) right? When we're there, I I did not want to be a baker because I thought that the hours were horrible. Bakers that are listening to me know that they wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I work very early in the morning, very hard work. So I really didn't want to do that at the beginning, but I knew food was my thing. So I went into food engineering. That is my career. Uh, but then I was pulled back to the baking, and I have um, a degree in baking. I'm a certified baker because it just draws you back. It makes me happy. It makes and and everyone that's listening to this podcast will understand. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It just makes you happy.
0: It it absolutely does. And I I we constantly hear words like baking is happiness or happy baking, and the word happy and baking seem to always find their way back to each other. And I even think about just, you know, being in the baking world professionally. Also, there are times that it's work for us. And I get a little caught up in that and lose a little bit of the the memory of why I loved baking in the very first place. And then I will give myself, you know, that challenge or that Personal time in the kitchen to just bake whatever I want, and when I exactly. loosen the reins and I give mm-hmm. myself this permission to just have a Brian day in the kitchen, the fuel is ignited again. I remember why I returned to baking and what a happiness it brings to me, and in turn, knowing so many bakers also feel that same way, and you also feel that too.
1: Exactly the same, and and I talk to people that are uh, beginners and i think i mentioned this on my last post podcast with you i said just try sometimes people want to reach this perfection and i know our images are beautiful you know we see your magazine and we're so inspired but to me it's that trial and error for beginners i want to encourage them yep. to give it a try try it start with a cookie that they're more forgiving than a cake or a brownie and that just that um, Working with your hands, that working with your hands brings a lot to your soul.
0: Absolutely. And I also, jumping off of what you were saying, so many times in baking, we also hear from people say that say, I can't bake or I've tried and I can't. And I will say about baking, the practice makes perfect is truly the way you learn. Where sometimes mm-hmm. you make something of a savory recipe and it's, you know, a, uh, it's something a little less structured and you can recover it, you can adapt it, you can change it, and you feel that success factor a little bit faster than you do when you're learning to bake. But I also agree with you in that just staying in it learning it and then once you learn it the the experience and the joy of it becomes the driver to that happiness that we talk about correct okay so let's also talk about something that makes me happy to talk about and again it is you being a research chef for CNH sugar um and and you've talked about your training and obviously you have learned so much in your career but first, tell us what that means to be a research chef at c n h but then did you have any specialized training to work with sugar specifically? so give us kind of the structure of what you do and and how you got the knowledge you have yeah
1: you know, that's a great question uh brian uh, so as i said i'm um uh food engineering that's my uh degree and i also i'm also a a um certified baker. A lot of what I know comes from my experience, as I said, working in the family business. So uh, very, very young, at a very young age, I started working uh, in the bakery, especially for the holidays. And people that are listening to the podcast (laughs) will relate uh, (laughs) thousands and thousands of bread puddings. I remember, you know, just helping my mom cut the bread pudding and putting decorations on it. So, a lot of of what I do or what I know comes from experience, although I have the training. Um, I'm ex- I have to say, Brian, that I am uh, fortunate in many, many ways. This is a dream job that I have, and I and that do- is not lost on me every day that I come here to my test kitchen. I realize how fortunate I am to be able to Work, quote unquote,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, baking every day. So I am based in our innovation center in Florida. So what I have it's my office, and I always tease with people around here that I am. Uh, I have the best office in the in in our uh, innovation center because I'm in a kitchen. In a kitchen and there's my desk a fully equipped kitchen which we have uh, you know all types of sugar that we use every day so um, a typical day will be uh, having meetings probably with the marketing department knowing what we want what we want to share with our consumers and developing recipes uh, to create that inspiration and to translate that love Baking. We we do a lot of um, new recipe development here. Some we love. Some we have to improve. So it's a lot of baking, a lot of meeting with you know inter um, cross functional teams inside and outside the company, which is my favorite uh, thing to do. When I have relationships like like with you bake from scratch and your team um, and other people that are in our industry, that's uh, probably my favorite thing to do.
0: I, I I love the collaboration also. It's funny, you and I share a lot of the exact same thoughts about our, like you said, quote, jobs, because I believe in that. <laughs> Walking into a kitchen, sitting here today on a podcast, talking with you about baking and food and sugar and things that make us smile, it really doesn't feel like work, Um But you did give me a panic attack just talking about being in the bakery in the days leading up to a holiday like Christmas, because (laughs) I also worked in a bakery when I was in high school. And I will (laughs) never forget the week of the holiday, just how busy, how frantic, how fast moving. And it just temporarily gave me a little bit of that anxiety that I felt in, wow, the rush of the holidays at a bakery. But now we want people baking at home. So we encourage, and you also bring such great recipes to home bakers so they don't have to panic about going to the bakery. Correct. (laughs) Okay, so other things that bakers love are watching shows on television about baking. So School of Chocolate and the Great British Bake Off. You know, people are tuning in and watching not just for the entertainment value, but I think people are learning so much about culinary through those experiences also. And when we watch these shows, we see the contestants using sugar in creative ways. And I'll toss that now to you, Eleonora. And what are some of your favorite and creative ways to use sugar and let's think outside the box or the bag as we talk about that answer.
1: <laughs> I love that. Let's <laughs> talk like about the bag. So I'm going like, to like be- <laughs> totally make
0: sugar puns the entire episode just so everyone yes. knows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I have to be very honest with you, Brian. I see those shows and I'm in awe about the things that I see being done with sugar. So it, talks, it tells you about the versatility of this ingredient. Um, when I have the opportunity to talk to people about sugar, I always say, think about how sugar is a multifunctional ingredient. Uh, it, what you're talking about is people making sculptures with one ingredient. That's sugar. But if you really think about it, there's, sugar is one ingredient that you cannot replace one for one with another ingredient. If you want to replace sugar in a recipe, you'll have to find two or three other ingredients uh, in order to replace sugar, and you may not have the same results as using sugar. So it's a multifunctional ingredient that has so many roles in baking that people really don't uh, count all the virtues of sugar in 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 your cake or your pastries. Creative ways, I have to say, that we've been doing, and this may sound not very creative, uh, but we love what we're doing here in our kitchens. We are using, Brian, a lot of our brown sugars. Uh, CNH, it's well-known for you know, all our sugars, are all our portfolio of beautiful sugars. But there's a secret within bakers about our uh, browns. Uh, we have customers uh, for food service restaurants, big big chains that you'll know the names, that ask for CNH sugar specifically to bake their desserts. So what we do here, in our kitchens, a lot of what we do, or we're doing creatively, uh, we are replacing w- standard white granulated sugar for recipes. Um, w- we are replacing it with brown sugars in cakes that traditionally will use a granulated what like what a, a pound cake a cake um, so this is uh, it's demystifying the fact that you can use uh, browns in cakes and pound cakes i have to say what it adds to the product it's fantastic so those are the types of things that we're doing try to be creative we're also creating some flavor syrups with turbinado sugar or syrups for pancakes and waffles for breakfast or for um, craft cocktails. If I, you know, just to give you more jealousy here, <laughs> <laughs> we not only bake, we make cocktails around here. So we try to use these sugars that maybe people think of them just to use it in your coffee or your tea, but we try to find other uses because you already have it in your pantry don't go and buy a syrup that's already made make it yourself at home um and it'll be much much better
0: i i love that you said that about you know you you felt like that answer wouldn't show it as creatively but i actually think it's the ultimate creativity when home bakers and home cooks can start looking at their pantries to see ingredients that aren't just used like you said in your coffee or your tea but then it can be used in making your own syrups. It can be used in making something that's going to be used in a cocktail, or it's using brown sugars in cakes that we traditionally would have thought only white sugar. So that's exactly the innovation I think we see and expect from you and from the products that you're using with CNH sugar. Um, you know, and like you referenced, sugar is such an important ingredient in baking, and there's a lot of science that goes behind that too. But one of the things that I think bakers want to know more about, it's the differences between the varieties of sugars, like you have light and dark brown sugar, or you have baking sugar or regular and granulate. Like give us a little bit of the brief like sugar 101 so that everyone understands the differences and the nuances between these things that some people may think of are just sugar, and we know that not to be true.
1: No, sugar is not just sugar. If you stop, Brian, and think when you use sugar, you're changing, uh, many attributes in your food, right? You're changing, um, the physical properties. You're changing microbiological properties and many, many things change when you use sugar as an ingredient. Um, so sugar is not just sugar. As I said, there's a whole range of functionality of sugar, and there's also a whole range of sugars you can use depending on what you're looking for. You can manipulate, let's say like that, like we can use this sugar for this, this sugar for that. So let's start with um, fine granulated sugar, you know, the one that we all know. It's important to understand that that product is so widely used because it's a clean profile of sweetness. Um, it's you're not going to find any other flavors there. So let's not confuse a flavor with a taste, right? The taste is sweet, but there's no other flavor. It's clean. So you can use it any way you want it. You can use it in a lemonade. You can use it for pickling. You can use it for savory. You can use it for baking because it just provides that sweet flavor you want to bring to your dish without adding additional flavors, just sweet taste. Uh, our baker's sugar, that's one of my favorite products as well, Brian. Our baker's um, sugar, its the granulations, it's finer. So it's somewhere between a powdered sugar and a fine granulated sugar, not quite powder, but very, very fine uh, granules. Again, this is just white, a clean, uh, sweet taste. Why is baker so uh, widely used amongst bakers? Because it provides and it helps with your um when you're creaming your butter and your sugar. That you know first or second step in a lot of recipes, cream your uh, butter and sugar. Bakers, because it's the granule is so small, when you start uh, doing the creaming process, The little granules, because there's so, so many, will cut into that fat, creating little, little small bubbles of air. That granulated sugar will do the same, but because Baker's has more granules, so it's smaller, will create a finer uh, texture at the end. You'll have a finer velvety uh, crumb, we call it. And will provide a better uh, volume as well. Uh, in meringues, it will dissolve um, faster, so your mouth feel it smoother, um, as well as in mousses, for example. So it's widely used. Is that and
0: something powder... that is that something bakers could also know when they're reading recipes from some of the bakers abroad, like in the UK? They use the words it... caster sugar. Caster is that correct. what? So okay, American bakers buying baker sugar. That is similar, or same in the finer small granule of the sugar that's what castor sugar is when we're reading cookbooks from outside the us that call for that
1: that's what it is and I, and I'm aware that some of your listeners may not be able to find CNH sugar in their stores, but they can always go uh, to Amazon and buy sugar uh, online and, and they'll find how that smaller granulation, that castor, as you put the example, is exactly what it is. Finer sugar. And you you, you can tell the, how different it is when you use it, uh, when you apply it uh, for baking.
0: And would a baker then use weight as the substitution? So if a recipe was written with 150 grams of granulated sugar, would you still use the 150 grams of the baker's sugar, even though the smaller granules may create a different volume measurement? Is there anything that bakers should take into account as they bring that into their kitchen?
1: And that's a great question, Brian, because density may be different, but we, we, are, um, we substitute one for one, okay. and we haven't seen any problems there. So they can use, if it calls for 150, they can use 150 for bakers.
0: Okay, excellent. And then now let's talk about light and dark brown sugar. What should bakers know between those two?
1: So going back to the flavor and the taste, right? So here's where flavor plays, plays a role. Because in light and dark sugar, um, brown sugars, you do have flavor. It's sweet, but some flavors may be detected. Um, you can detect notes of caramel, butterscotch, uh, vanilla, those flavors come across and that it's for um, the portion of molasses that remains in the brown sugar. Difference between light and brown, it's the amount of molasses in the sugar. So if you want a more subtle uh, flavor and color, you go for the brown usually recipes i read these a lot brian and i don't know why some recipes are not specific and they just call for brown sugar so our recommendation if it's your recipe just call for calls for brown sugar use light brown sugar okay uh so the darker sugar will have a more robust flavor darker color so there you can identify like earthy notes, slight acidity uh, probably some uh, bitterness, That's it's pleasant, but that comes from the molasses part. Um, some vanilla, some spice, some licorice, uh, we detect when we do tastings here. Uh, but the difference will be the amount of molasses. So if you want um, a more, as I said, robust flavor uh, or a darker color, go for the dark brown.
0: And I like that you reference when people do not specify in a recipe, which here at Bake From Scratch, and I know you also in your recipes, we always specify which version of the brown sugar that we're using, because it is it does matter to the flavor. And I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that. But if a baker is at home and they're having a craving for a recipe that calls for dark brown sugar, but all they have at home is light brown sugar. Do they need to go get dark brown or can they get in that kitchen and bake it anyway because it also substitutes?
1: Bake it, bake it anyway, bake it anyway. I, I, uh, I will go ahead and bake it because it won't, you know, as I said, the color will be lighter and the flavor will be more subtle, but you'll have a great result. So don't go by, uh a new pack of sugar, use the one that you
0: have at home. Because when that craving hits, that craving hits and you got to bake sometimes, <laughs> you know, you may not have everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm with you. If you don't have everything you can do, uh, you can sub. no problem.
0: All right. I like. See, you're giving us the freedom and the confidence that we need. This is what I love. And since we're (laughs) also getting into the season for holiday baking, you know, this is like the Olympic baking season for all of the bakers. We've got to talk about holiday treats and traditions. So first, let's talk about work. And then we're going to talk about your personal cravings and family traditions. But at CNH, in your test kitchen, what are you working on for the upcoming holiday season that we should be on the lookout for?
1: We've done... Fabulous, fabulous things. I don't know how you keep your weight on <laughs> check, Brian.
0: <laughs> Who says me, I do? <laughs> I say <said,
1: laughs> it's so difficult. It's so difficult just to um, not try all the delicious things that we are making here. We we try, and we've identified that consumers are now very willing to try um, globally inspired flavors. So this holiday, we have an array of beautiful recipes. Some are um, with flavors like globally inspired. For example, we have a very beautiful horchata cake. Yum! (laughs) You know, very creative, (laughs) delicious. And it's delicious and it looks fabulous. Also, you know, the traditional pumpkin. Thanksgiving's coming up. So we have... A, and this is one of my favorite recipes because it's super simple. This is one recipe anyone can make, Brian. Uh, it's a pumpkin bread pudding.
0: That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> it's,
1: it's delicious. The color is beautiful. The smell when you're baking that at your home—it just—it's it, it, holiday smell. Uh, and it's an easy, easy recipe for people that are beginners and are not quite there. Uh, this is a fantastic recipe. We've also worked on a choco flan. Do you know what that is?
0: I or do. Or they call it an
1: impossible uh, cake. I, I have a of. recipe
0: for a choco flan in a bunt cake. So I'm glad you're also thinking about choco flan. I love it.
1: I love chocolate flan. So this is a creative way that we used um, sugar and choco flan. Uh, i love the caramel of flan and sometimes in some recipes the ratio of flan to caramel is not quite there and, and i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> because i like my caramel <laughs> so in this recipe you'll find you will find a recipe for additional caramel so what what we do is that we melt the sugar and and if you see recipes for caramel It's a huge warning there. Do not touch the caramel. Don't touch the caramel. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly right. I know. Don't even breathe. Don't even breathe next to your caramel. So for this recipe, you melt the sugar like a medium um, heat and you'll see it uh, crystallizing, which is what you want to avoid well that's one where they say don't mix it or don't touch it we do use um a heat proof spatula to mix it so the the sugar starts melting and you see it caramelizing but eventually it melts completely into caramel once you have that beautiful amber color and and you take it to a, a color you know amber but a little darker remove it from the heat and just start adding water like a tablespoon at a time and mixing it and that will give you the most beautiful caramel sauce. No dairy, nothing else. Two ingredients, water and sugar. And it's an amazing uh, size to your flan if you are like me, that like
0: extra You need extra? Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you might have just um, made me really excited to make caramel because I am going to absolutely try that method.
1: Try it. Try it and send me a note because oh, you're going to be so happy.
0: I'll send you more than a note. There's probably going to be a video <laughs> of me like shimmying and dancing <laughs> as I enjoy it and have the success that I know you're going to give me the opportunity for in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brooke um, and I, are one of my colleagues, we jokingly oh, yeah, I- will say, that when we've made caramel, you burn the first one to learn what you did wrong and then you make it again. And it's that thing that you just have happening in the kitchen. That's almost the first round is the bad luck. The second round, you get it right. But I think your method's going to give the first attempt the success we need.
1: I think so. And please say hello to Brooke. I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) I love her.
0: (laughs) I will absolutely tell her. Okay. So now you've got us ready for the stuff coming out of CNH, but let's talk about you. You are also going to be enjoying the holidays. And I love the influence that you share from your childhood and growing up in the Baker's family in El Salvador. And tell us what your holiday traditions are. What things will we see coming out of the oven at home when you're baking or preparing the sweet treats for friends and family?
1: Oh, great. So this is a two fold, right? Because I have one daughter. She turns 20 on Friday. So that's a little scary to realize <laughs> you don't have a teenager anymore. So for her... The traditions are extremely important, and probably that comes from me, right? Making the tradition, making these things that you feel and you want and you look forward to. So our tradition, it's like everybody else's tradition. We bake cookies and decorate those cookies at home. Um, We make Christmas trees, we make ornaments, we decorate them, and we give it to to friends. So that's uh, pre-Christmas, we celebrate Christmas. Christmas Day, I'm like every other baker, I I baked and cooked so much. Uh, and I, uh, I apologize for admitting this, but I buy myself a, a Panettone.
0: <laughs> I cannot believe this.
1: <laughs> because I'm so exhausted of baking all the previous month.
0: I get that, it. That's I my get kick.
1: it. <laughs> uh, so that's my little secret. But we do a lot of baking for our holidays for uh, Thanksgiving, for example, that pumpkin uh, that pumpkin uh, bread pudding, it's one of you know one of the favorite people that don't like pumpkin love this pumpkin uh, bread pudding. I also make some uh, uh, pecan pie with chocolate chips, and you know all the traditional flavors, um they're all in my in my on my table. Um, for Thanksgiving,
0: I love that, and I—I joked, you know, I laughed as you said that about the the panettone that you get for the holiday. <laughs> and I was given a panettone a few years ago the week of Christmas, and I had already been baking a lot of things, and I knew I was going to be sharing a lot with family and friends over the coming days, and I forgot about the panettone, and it had <laughs> started to go a little stale. I mean, it had sat a little bit too long but it made the most amazing bread pudding. So when you were I talking about say, the yes. pumpkin bread pudding and then you <laughs> were talking about panettone, I thought, oh God, I had the best panettone bread pudding. And it, yeah. it, it counts as baking. You can say it, you made it because- <laughs> Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And I'm thinking also probably you can make this year if somebody gives you one, um, French toast too. Oh,
0: yes. Mm, See, we need delicious. all of these delicious things in the kitchen. It's not wrong to have something that someone gave you or something from a bakery. Even, no. even though we want you in the kitchen, it's you know we. It's a time of giving and sharing and loving, and and even if a a store bought something is brought into your home, you can bake it your own and turn it into a bread pudding or French I toast or something say like you that. you can
1: doctor it. You yes. can doctor it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Eleanor, this has been so great to chat with you. You have definitely set the tone for a very sweet holiday season in front of us. And just your knowledge and the recipes and sugar chat, everything has got us in the mood for baking. So thank you so much for coming on The Crumb once again to talk with us.
1: Oh, Brian, it's always a pleasure to be around you. And, oh. uh, you know, happy baking. Uh, just be happy with your baking and sharing that passion with your loved ones.
0: Those are the perfect closing words. Thank you, Eleanor. We'll have you back next time for more Sugar Talk.
1: Oh, looking forward to that. Take care, Brian.
0: What a sweet treat that was to have Chef Eleonora join us here today. And yep, I'm gonna keep those sugary sweet jokes coming as long as I can. Her depth of knowledge about sugar is impressive, and her passion for baking is contagious. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with her as much as I did. Without our friends at CNH, we wouldn't be able to create the amazing recipes that we work on here at Bake from Scratch. And I wanna know what you're gonna bake during this upcoming holiday baking season. Be sure to tag us on social media at the Bake Feed so that we can follow along. And until next time, preheat your ovens, bakers. It's that Olympic baking season for the holidays. It's time to bake. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. And to keep up with my baking endeavors, follow me on Instagram at Brian Hart Hoffman. You can also follow Bake From Scratch at The Bake Feed. And for online recipes and fresh baking content, be sure to visit our website, bakefromscratch.com. We even have a newsletter called Preheat to get you ready for all the baking that lies ahead. Finally, for real-life baking inspiration, grab a copy of the magazine on newsstands or sign up for a subscription and we'll mail the magazine to you with each and every new issue.